Welcome, Marvelous, to an all-new episode of the MC Exchange Podcast. This is episode number 13. Yay! Woo-hoo. My name is Aaron. I'll be your host for this episode alongside me, Charles. What's up? And Joe. Hello. Just want to give a shout-out again to our listeners over at Spotify, YouTube, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and Breaker. You can also like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash Exchange. You can also follow us on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash Exchange. You can also follow us on YouTube. That's MCU Exchange. Today is a very special episode because we're going to talk about the worst moments, worst scenes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. All right. Who's going to go first? Uh, Charles, why don't you go first? Uh, it's going to be so, so hard to pick because I have nine scenes or rather moments <laughs> or whatever listed here. So I have to pick which is sort of my the least offensive one. And I think I'm going to start with the montage in the first Avenger. Um, I think this. Uh, I I think it's safe to assume I'm the only one who has this on my on on our rankings of like the worst. But like, I don't think this this scene is necessarily terrible in terms of like the the, the big picture of uh, the the first Captain America movie. I think it's a necessary scene. I've, I I saw an interview where Marcus and McFeely said they had no choice in the second act but to just sort of give a montage of Steve Rogers fighting through the war in, in you know in a span of mm-hmm. months, a span of years, because it's the timeline of of the first Captain America movie isn't necessarily, you know, it's a movie that doesn't take place in a month. It takes place throughout World War II that by the time Captain America Captain America's ship crashes in the in the Antarctic, it's some some time near the tail end of the war. So all those scenes we're seeing of him, the Howling Commandos fight in the forest, fight in the you know the Ocean Alps, whatnot. It's it happens in a span a span of a couple of months or years. But for me, I would have loved to have seen a, a particular mission instead of just a series of moments of the Howling Commandos fighting. I would have loved a, a more specific, powerful character moment during one of those missions, maybe. You know, I've always felt like his scenes were with Bucky in the first film were always insufficient, especially considering you know the second film mm. is it's about the two of them, and you know I could I would have wanted to see more of their relationship, and I feel like that that could have been explored in one of those missions. I mean, in the comics, Bucky was always just depicted as a kid, but later on in his comic book history it was retconned that he was he just he wasn't just the kid he was the guy who was in charge of doing the dirty work of cap's team like whenever someone needed to actually start murdering people cap would always Mm. hesitantly send bucky into the front lines of the war because that's why he was there he was trained to be a stealth sort of killer would have been amazing sort of sort of explored some of this in that montage, but you know we didn't get that. So I always felt like the montage was a was a wasted opportunity to give some character development. One of my gripes also with with the first Captain America movie was that we don't necessarily see how he learns to be a fighter. He gets mm. his spear and he starts fighting on, on the war itself without any actual training, or at least we don't see him train. We don't see him. You know, study up on on strategy and whatnot, or like war tactics. We just see him just straight up go into war. He fights hide the soldiers with ease. He learns to use his shield. I would have loved to see 
maybe more him getting the hang of his power and whatnot, but you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically that's my sort of least favorite scene in this episode. Joe? Um, for me, I th- I think one of the least ones is is definitely this is a group of themes, but it's it's the romance between Thor and Jane. It's just yeah, yeah. it's 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 not just one scene. It's a there are good scenes within them. Like I like the scene where they're talking about how magic works and like it's a combination of technology. But there's a lot of like the oh my god sequence when he turns into a god or just the <laughs> rather tough scenes to chew through in the Thor of the Dark World, which you know connects to last week's episode. It, it's not that they're like terrible sequences. It's just that like they're those scenes where you're like okay. We gotta get this. Check it off the list. They're cute. Ha ha. The chemistry's a little, maybe, I don't know, <laughs> is there. But you kind of get through the sequences. And the thing to me is, which I, I find, I think Thor the Dark World is the worst contender in this, because it's an interesting concept. They finally brought a human to Asgard, and they did absolutely nothing with it. And they focus more on the romance aspect rather than the whole point of, hey, I'm standing among gods. I'm a researcher. I probably spend a lot of time learning up on Norse mythology after literally going out or getting kissed by Thor. Now she just kind of gets a thing stuck inside her, goes around, starry-eyed. Oh, look, it's pretty. And then she's dying. It's, it's hard to disagree with that because, yeah, Thor is... Thor is a lot of offenders. Like, I could actually come up with like 10 scenes from any of the Thor films that I don't like. And one of the things that's listed here is this, is a, is a, what do you call this? The Asgard scenes in Ragnarok. I feel like as all the scenes in Asgard in general tend to be bland because it's so weird because they don't know what to do with it necessarily. And, And you know, when you add like Jane to the mix to, to an already boring sort of take on Asgard, you're bound to have a, a very bland solution. It's it's sad if you consider that, you know, let's be honest, the design and everything was really well done for Asgard. Like, how would they pull it off when the first film came out? But they never really do anything with that city. It doesn't feel like a city. It feels more like a backdrop. Because even when Hela shows up, it's just all of a sudden they have a 3,000 different soldiers. Uh, we don't We see a few civilians in one shot. And it's kind of like, okay, we don't really explore. I think the only sequence from from Ragnarok that really does what you want from this kind of series is where she breaks the ceiling and uncovers the different murals that were being hidden. That was really interesting. And I really wish they did more with that kind of concept. Because we know that Odin wasn't like the benevolent god that he was portrayed as. Like One one thing I dislike about the Asgard design is that it looks like a fucking island. (laughs) When it's... (laughs) When in the comics, you know, when you say it's a realm, it's not, it's it's literally, you know, the, the scale of Asgard is so undefined in the comics. And to see it mm. in the films looking like, you know, an island, it's like, man, that's, I was expecting mountain, I was expecting lush forests and, you know, peaks and valleys and whatnot, but, you know, it's an island here. Yeah. I mean, the realms in general are just planets. <laughs> yeah. When when you see the, the the relationship between Thor and Jane on, over the two Thor movies, like you're struggling to uh, get their identity, like you're struggling to get their chemistry, you're struggling to 
find that direction as a fan, as a viewer, when you see it, when you see it, when you watch it, it's like, what's happening? Uh, for me, my top three on the list, my third least worst MCU scene is from Thor: Dark World. Actually, it's just a scene. <laughs> not, not, it's not not just a theme or like a, uh, about the characters. It's just a scene where Eric Selvig mm-hmm. running around naked. Oh, oh yeah, really? No. Oh, yeah, I keep forgetting that. Yeah, I, I, it's like why? Like why? Why do you? What, what's the point of showing that? I know, I know, he got, he's gone crazy, but you know, there's there are other ways to show that show that he he's gone crazy. And then you know, after a few minutes, after a few scenes, he is like he went. He's okay after that. Like, where's the development yeah. there? Right. What's, what's in Age of he's allowed to be a teacher again. <laughs> yeah, like, come on, guys, what what are what are you doing? Like, I, I don't know what's happening. Like, um, Total Dark World is at the top of the list there. Like, it's the first MCU film, and um, seeing him, the development from Thor one, like he's that intelligent guy, knows all the yeah. answers, and then going to Total Dark World, and you deconstruct him, you destroyed him in one scene, seeing seeing naked, like um, because. He's like having a vision about convergence, and then after a few mm. scenes, he will be, he uh, he will, he is in the scene where Stanley Stanley cameo like I don't know, just plays it in there. It's just yeah, it's, you know, disappointing. It's disappointing for me. Did he and he's one of the most consistent. Sorry, what? Did he become crazy because of the his experience in the Avengers? I for, I totally forgot why he's even crazy in the first place. Uh, because which was really confusing is that the ending, the post-credit sequence in Thor, he's Loki taking control of him, and yeah. then he was a different character. So that was one thing that they never really followed up on. But the implied that he literally took over the mind of Eric Selvig, and that was, and then all of a sudden he was in a different dimension after all in Avengers. But they yeah. still used that like he was communicating through his mind and that drove him insane and gave him the visions but it was never really well explained because they kind of screwed themselves over with that uh, post credit sequence let's now move on to the second in your list uh how about you joe you start with your second uh for me second would have to be uh, i had a tough time trying to figure out because it was also it was like should i go back to thor with you know the whole calling mjolnir mew mew so everyone understands what it's called <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think I kind of have to go with uh, the Black Panther uh, railway fight sequence. Okay. It's, oh, it's, yeah. Because it's it's not a... The thing is, it's a cool concept, but it looks a little video gamey. Everyone, The characters float a little. Uh, you do see that they had to rush it. It could be much worse. We're not talking like 90s level CGI here that some kind of attribute to it, but it's still... And it's not long. Like the sequences that look off are like let's say about four minutes, maybe at most, but they do feel off. And it just feels like they could have given it a few more days or a few more uh, a week or two just to get that right. Um, and I, I'm kind of it's it's just sad because overall it's such a great film, and it's followed up by probably one of my favorite moments with uh, Killmonger and, and T'Challa staring at the night sun, at the sun going down. And then you just have this really cartoony action sequence for it. <laughs> Did you see the, you know, the on YouTube? Um, I forgot what the what this channel is, but they basically review oh. movie CGI and yeah, their breakdown. Digital, of, yeah, yeah, quarter digital. Their breakdown of the Black Panther third act sequence in the the railway is like 
some of the most informative things I've ever seen because they actually, you know, like, you're, you're wondering why aren't these guys the ones supervising the, the yeah. you know, the, the Marvel CGI because they bring up a good point in, in that, you know, having black-suited superheroes fight on a dark backdrop is never a clever way of, you know, putting together an action sequence. You're going to get some lighting problems. You're going to get some video game gummy, stretchy-looking yeah. CGI and textures. And, yeah, it, it, you know, Black Panther is an amazing film. Its biggest detriment is truly its CGI. I mean, the scenes, you know, that... that last fight that last sequence in the train or whatever that's not yeah that's the worst cgi of the, of the of the movie but you know you know terrible cgi is sprinkled all over that movie and it's you know it's crazy it it feels like uh, it feels like they had different priorities and to be honest like i think what they're trying i hope what they're trying to do now is break free from the every film has to have action beat sequences because uh, like black panther the rhinoceros also looked slightly off it's not bad it's it's i mean like we're not talking about really really bad cgi here it's just it could have been better or could have been done better and if anyone uh like let's give a shout out to Corridor Digital because they have an amazing series where they even invite someone from the effects team that works on the Marvel films to talk about Infinity War and Endgame. And they give some great breakdowns. And the thing is, it's just that like some people tend to overreact on the CG, similar to the Spider-Man suit being CG. But it's 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 just sad because it does bog down the film a bit. And I think their focus was to make Wakanda look good. Yeah, and and they nailed that. And it's ironic if considering our conversation before about you know Asgard, they were going, they were trying to make the city real. But I think Black Panther succeeded in making the city look amazing, feel culturally appropriate, and at the same time feel alive, just with a few sequences, a few shot effects, and then you have the fighting sequence. <laughs> Charles, you're up. Top two on the list. Oh, it's so hard because, yeah, <laughs> like on my list, you have a bunch of like nonsense, nonsensical stuff, like scenes that just kind of, like, scenes I find super corny and some scenes I think, again, that make the movie needlessly bloated. Okay, so I'm going to go with this. I'm going to go with the subplot in Age of Ultron, the whole Thor's adventure to skinny dipping in the cave. Tony Stark yeah. visiting the Nexus for literally that one scene where he's just kind of like using the internet. You know, yeah. I think Age of, Ult Age of Ultron is, at its core, an amazing movie as it sets, it sets up so much stuff that pay off in Endgame and Infinity War. I'd argue that Age of Ultron does more for the MCU story-wise than the first Avenger ever did because so much from Age of Ultron actually pays off in Endgame, you got, you know, Tony Stark's vision, you got the broken shield, you got vision coming to life, you got the Infinity Stones and whatnot. But for me, one of the biggest detriments to this to this movie is that weird subplot with Thor just going off to meet Selvig and then skinny dipping. You know, obviously we find out, you know, a chunk of that scene gets deleted, so you kind of wonder why the rest of the scene is still in the in the movie. Mm. You know, Thor just needed an, uh, uh, a reason to be able to explain what the fuck the Infinity Stones are. You know, you know. I, I, again, it's it kind of has nothing to do with the actual movie. 
you know, in the big picture wise, it does pay off in, in you know, several years down the line. But in, in terms of the actual movie, it doesn't do anything to make it better. It makes it more bloated. Like I would have preferred to have seen, you know, a moment with Ultron, a good character moment between the team or whatnot. But instead, mm-hmm. we get Thor just taking his shirt off and just going to the cave, which you know, is fucking total bullshit for me. Mm-hmm. I thought that you know that. Wasn't there, I think that was one of the last committee uh, aspects that was still there when Ike Perlmutter was still a little bit in charge, where they're like, okay, you have to prioritize these sequences. And I think Joss Whedon in an interview said he had a he had to add that sequence so he could keep the barn because yeah. he wanted to get rid of the barn. I mean, respect to him to fight for that because I think the barn sequences are some of the most personal ones we have in the entire franchise. Oh, yeah. And... It it just feels like like the there was still I think it was it wasn't until this film that the uh, that even Feige said he wants to quit he's going to stop if they don't leave him alone, and you can yeah. see that up till that point there was still a lot of meddling in these films. The the, the barn scene is absolutely one of the best scenes in the MCU. Like you said, it, it yeah. showcases a lot of the the, the character dynamic. We mm-hmm. we get we get a hint of a bit of a civil war when Tony and Steve are. Chopping logs and yeah. and you know we that moment between Hawkeye and his wife talking about you know how they even though these characters are gods they need someone like Hawkeye on the team because of the humanity he brings to it you know yeah. obviously I don't hate the 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 Black Widow Hulk romance a lot of people hate it a lot of people find it disgusting I I, I think it's absolutely fine uh, their moments together in. In that, in the farm sequence, are absolutely. I think they make the characters, you know, they they deepen sort of who they are and who we. Yeah. They, they deepen our notions of, you know, of, of who they were, of who they are, and not how they're battling sort of their demons. And yeah, that farm scene is absolutely amazing. And I can't believe that was the thing they put at gunpoint for Weedon to put in that fucking stupid cave scene. That you yeah. know, it's like. Uh, for me, it's absolutely insane that they couldn't think of something else to justify Thor learning about the Infinity Stones. Like you'd think he, you think he would have known about the Mind Stone by now. You'd think he would have, would have known yeah. that uh, the orb or the thing in Vision's head was the Mind Stone. Like he had to, you know, watch a PowerPoint presentation in a cave to. <laughs> I actually now wish there was a version where just someone shows up and just shows him this presentation while he's chilling in the hot tub. Oh, you know that, that's know that a, that, that's a very Taika moment. You know what you you mentioning it? I kind of wish they just did that instead of that dumb cave scene. That would have been great in the uh, like kind of what how I love how they made the Thor the Dark World scene even better when they made what Matt Damon play Loki in Thor Ragnarok. Oh yeah, <laughs> the acting scene. Yeah, and yeah. Liam, Liam Hemsworth just that with the thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What about you, Aaron? What's your uh, yeah yeah? Before I say ritual? before I say mine, I just wanna just wanna say um, I love that barn scene with the Avengers. Um, you yeah. see them taking a step back. Mm-hmm. Uh, see them. As humans, like literally what Nick Fury said, like uh, we're here, we don't have any tech, I have only have you guys. So I love that scene, you know, seeing yeah. the heroes, like uh, regrouping, um, planning in a way that there's no big base, just in a house, getting dinner. Mm-hmm. And also, I think that scene where in the cave, like uh, they are, they are, 
uh, towards like seeing the visions of Infinity Stones. Like they're trying to plant uh, the idea to casual fans. Like, hey, this is going to be a big thing in the next few movies. Look at this, <laughs> right? Like it's their idea of you know uh, trying to give out that uh, st- the- these stones are important. Uh, my scene, my top two on the list is it's really hard to pick between these two that I listed. Maybe um, for me, it's the origin of Nick Fury's missing eye. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of uh, oh, disappointing shit. one. <laughs> it kind of disappointing That's... one for disappointing one for me because you know the thing is they built it up so many times like they hyped yeah. us about it in different movies, right? Especially with Captain America: The Winter Soldier, and now knowing that going into Captain Marvel. Uh, and then you know have have that expectation like, what's this like? What's this what's this betrayal? You know how is this going to happen? There there's before even Captain Marvel shows showed up, there are several theories that you know Carol Danvers might betray him, uh, Big Fury might might be betrayed by Skrull or I don't know that. There's so many theories, there's so many speculations, there's so many um, rumors back then. And now seeing the movie like when I first saw the scene like when Goose scratched his eye like. That's it. All that build up, and that's it. <laughs> I was I was disappointed. I was disappointed. Honestly, disappointed. Even the second viewing, I, I couldn't. I, I'll be honest. I actually kind of think it's clever. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the thing was, before that all happened, I always thought. So for me, the biggest theory was is that a scroll would be behind it. That he trusted yes. someone. It, uh-huh. I always thought it was going to be Coulson. Like, I was like, why is Coulson in this film if not to be a scroll to backstab his friend? That, w- that was like the idea that just nested in, in my head. And when I first time I saw it, I was also like, oh, okay, Coulson is gone. How, how is he still has his eye? And then all of a sudden, oh, okay, the cat did it. And the thing is, yes, at first I thought, okay, they're trying. What it is is they're just trying to, you know, defy expectations they're trying to make that a lot i think that's a big problem with captain marvel is that its theme is generally trying to to defy expectations but it it falls a little flat because it's just too much story behind it too much fan expectations in some some ways but the more i think about it it does fit to fury because we saw a completely different version of fury and just seeing him like get his eye scratched from a cat and then having to kind of continue lying and saying, oh, it was a big story. It just feels like Nick Fury. Like, like it, he would be it, the it guy. Part of the, it. Yeah, he stubbed his toe and he would tell everyone he lost his toe in a battle against uh, an orc. I don't know what. Like, he just seems I, like the guy who would blow that out of proportions. And as soon as I had that mindset, it kind of worked for me, you know? Plus, I just really like Talos' reaction every time. <laughs> The thing that sort of, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of in between the both of you. You know, mm. I'm not mega mad about the way it turned out. But at the same time, I was like, ah, I mean, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm sort of used to the MC just throwing away some stuff just to defy expectations. Like Joe said, they, they, yeah. they, they turn something you, you, you've been sort of building up in your head as, as a joke to throw fans off. And yeah, the joke is kind of, you know, it, it's a bit clever, but. Just the way how that scene pans out, the, it, it didn't even seem like a major scratch. But when we see his eye in Winter Soldier, he, his eye looks like it got dosed by you know a ton of chemicals in his eye. Like, but when he, when he gets scratched, it's like it's barely 
uh, a deep wound. So, I mean, I don't know. Goose is not a normal cat, so they could explain that, you know, fur can scratch a thousand times harder than normal cats. They could fucking explain yeah. that. But, yeah, I, I'm sort of, you know, it's, I would have loved it if, you know, if, 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 if yeah. it was a scroll. It would have been crazy if it was like a scroll Colson posing as, you know, as, as an ally, but, you know, it turns out to be a total asshole. I would have preferred <laughs> that. But, you know, what we got was something I could I can shrug off, but I totally understand why people don't like it. But you know what the hardest thing I had ever since we saw the scar? I never could figure out what would do that. <laughs> because, like, the three scratches he always had over his eye, I could never... What would do that? No gun blast, no... He would have to be scratched by something. <laughs> That's kind of... And I, I still kind of, it would be, clever. I, I hope what they do is that they do explore more past stories, like what happened with Captain America during World War II, because I, I agree with your point that they just kind of skipped a lot of potential there, or just explore like Nick Fury, because I could see them going, oh, it was just the outside scratch, because I'm a cat owner, you guys do not want to see my arm, it's full of scratches everywhere, but they're never too deep, so you could still... Yeah kind of reintroduce that he lost the eye completely he just has the patch over the eye and gets it temporarily but it's 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 a it's a weird thing because i could never figure out what would make that wound besides some kind of scratch <laughs> yeah i was i was gonna ask you as a cat owner can a cat scratch your eye out that hard uh, yes and no so Cat claws, the thing is with cats is that they, they have their claws are curved, so they're like hooks. So mm -hmm. if you move wrong, that hooks inside of you. I have a few black, blue spots because I moved wrong and he got hooked in me. And they can oh. be quite deep. So they it depends on how you get scratched. But like by the eye, in his case, he wasn't paying attention. He could scratch through the eyeball because it's even softer than skin. And a, a class, like if, a, if a cat scratches, it'll go long. So... Your skin even won't last that. <laughs> I, like how, I like how we're analyzing the science of how you're talking about cats now. Yeah. I'll send a picture of my arm as proof. <laughs> you know, I, I, with, all, with all this talk about cats, I wonder where, where Goose is. Like, I wonder how yeah. they address it in Captain Marvel yeah. 2. Yeah. That's a good question. Where is that cat? Yeah. That's a good question. Is he, is that's he a, that's a like, nuclear bomb hiding in the middle yeah. of nowhere. More than Hulk. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> Here comes the verdict. The top first scene or first moment in the MCU. Charles, you're up. Okay. So before I say my my top one, I wanna I wanna share the stuff I listed here. Mm -hmm. of Some of the stuff I sort of think of this as a sort of like a honorable mentions of scenes that I don't like. Okay. So number one, I don't like the. The what are those joke in Black Panther? I think uh, yeah. yeah. I think that joke came in a year or two late. Like when that when the, when the movie came out, that meme was so overdone and you know no one was saying that anymore. Um another scene that I don't like here is I, I posted on Twitter. I don't like it in the Incredible Hulk, I don't like it when Bruce Banner and Betty Ross try to bang and you know, oh my god! No, 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 no! no. I, can't, I can't, I can't get a boner. I like it. I, I get it. Just, just that image of that happening in my head is like, damn! I can't believe that they fucking 
they were that explicit about you know Bruce's emotions and whatnot. I mean, again, I get it scientifically. That makes sense. I think Bruce in Age of Ultron, he he does a better, more subtle explanation of why he can't be in a relationship with someone. It's mm. more, it's less. I don't want to say crass, but you know, it's it's less explicit of what he means. But in 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 the Incredible Hulk, that was like that made me like fucking cringe just seeing that scene. One one more one sequence I didn't like also here is in Spider Man Homecoming when he goes to DC and he gets trapped in that warehouse and he just ha- hangs out doing nothing, waiting for the door to open. I think. Like I could probably come up with an with, a, with an edit of Homecoming without that, and it would make no difference to the story at all. It just shows Spider-Man being late at the at the mm. Lincoln the, the Lincoln Memorial bombing. That's the only sort of that's the only thing it does for the actual story, but it adds an extra five ten minutes to the movie, which makes it needlessly mm. long. For me, mm. I also here on my list is the. I wasn't a fan of the Rocket Yondu subplot in Guardians 2. Like, no. in terms of what they did, where, like, the forest thing, the whole thing with the, with the, with the, uh, was it Ravagers? Or, yeah, the Ravagers, yeah. Where, where they get trapped with Taser Face. It's hilarious. And Yondu gets a pretty cool moment with Rocket sometime after that. But that whole thing, I just sort of skipped through that. For me, the most, the more interesting part of Guardians Two is the stuff with it, with Peter's dad and with Ego and the planet and whatnot, and the mystery of what's with what's going on with with mm. the actual planet. I, I I find that more compelling than the, you know, the Taser face stuff. I feel like that was there too as filler, which to me makes Guardians less of an amazing movie compared to the first one. But for me, I think the worst scene for me on the MCU, I tried. Each time I rewatch this movie, I tried sort of, you know, try to looking at differently. Maybe it's better on my hundredth watch. But for me, this is on par with the Spider-Man dancing scene in Spider-Man Three. I really hate the fight scene between Rhodey and Iron Man, Iron Man Two, where the uh. DJ is spinning, beating, they're beating each other up. Like the scene is good in theory. I just hate that they're fighting each other to fucking. A hip hop beat. It sort of lessens yeah. the. It sort of lessens the seriousness of Tony having a downward spiral. You know, the, obviously, Iron Man two was never gonna be an ad, an ad, an adaptation of Demon in the, the Demon in the Battle story. So they're sort of downplaying it by making it a bit funny. He's he's drunk. He's sort of he's peeing in his armor. He's throwing stuff in the in the everywhere in the room. And then they they undercut it even more with this fucking stupid fight scene with with bad music. And I wish they kept it serious mm. at least to show how bad Tony was, you know, going crazy. But yeah, this wasn't good for me. I I hate the scene. I hate the way the music is done for. Well, I hate what the music does to it. And you know, it's for me, it's the one scene I still can't get over. I thought like like I mentioned earlier, I thought by my hundredth viewing, it would it would be less worse but to me it's still kind of like mm. I can't understand why they did this in many ways to me it's like the Peter Parker dancing on the streets in, in, in Spider-Man 3 I, I have a similar issue with the uh, Captain Marvel uh, where they fight in the spaceship the song like a girl like, oh, the yeah. song makes sense I, I understand why it's there it's not a bad 
but it's it just feels like the song from the theme or from the speed doesn't fit the action sequence as per se. Yeah. And it just takes a little away from the sequence. Yeah, especially with that No Doubt song, it's like, um, what's the title of that song? Like a Girl? Like a Girl, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the thing is, in, in that entire Captain Marvel movie, I don't think Carol Danvers' gender was ever put into question, especially during during her time with the Kree. She seems yeah. very respected. I mean, one of them is uh, Minerva Gemma Chan. She's, you know, they don't ever get shit for being a woman. So when she's fighting the Kree and the Just a Girl song plays, it kind of doesn't make sense because, you know, you were never chastised for being a woman. You're never, your power as a woman yeah. was never put into question. So I don't understand why they're putting this song in a fight against the Kree who, for all intents and purposes, respected her for who she was. Yeah. So, yeah, it was weird it, for me. Yeah. Would have, those, those, that, go ahead. Sorry. It, that song would have made sense if it was like she gets into a, a fight with the guy whose bike she stole. Like, that would yeah, have made it, sense. That would have made sense, yeah, because, you know, she's getting belittled for being a woman. But, you know, the Cree, they're not fucking, they don't give a fuck that she's a woman. She's more of a nuclear power. That's what she's scared of. <laughs> yeah. Joe, is that your top, top one? Or? Uh, no, actually, that's oh, just, okay. that was on the side. <laughs> that was my honorable mention. Um, my top, this, this will probably be a little weird. It's it has nothing to do with the sequence. It absolutely makes sense in the story. I I hate that they kill off crossbones <laughs> in a in a in a Captain America Civil War because I think he was such an interesting character. They kept teasing him like someone who always gets back up and will haunt Captain America until he can't stop, which he still does. And it was like, I always wondered how would they do the Crossbones costume? And I love the direction they went with. It was so unique. It was really creative. And he gets killed off in the first five minutes. <laughs> it, and I had, a, I had a hard time between him and, and Quicksilver because both characters were characters I wanted to see more of. And the thing is, it's not like it's the worst scene in the thing. It's just a personal, I really wish they didn't do that sequence, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's more of the creative decision. You don't like it, you know. Like the Quicksilver, yeah. you mentioned. I'm kind of like, oh yeah, that was pointless. Because, I mean, Quicksilver, sadly, I think is still ma mainly because of those contractual obligations with Fox. And he was a character. I say they could have done a lot of creative stuff with. And the same with Crossbones. And I'm generally not a fan of them always killing off bad guys. I've always had a problem with that. Birds of Prey does a similar thing uh, with some characters. And I'm just like, I, I, you can do so much more. I know that you're like, okay, we can only get them for one film. But the Marvel, uh, the MCU is just a film where you know these actors return. They keep coming back. And then you still resort to killing them off because it's a plot point. And the thing is with Crossbones, it's just I really like that character. And I just love the, they tease so many cool ideas with him. Like, we don't even know all the sequences of when the Avengers were tracking him down and seeing him evolve. Or at least, like, I don't know, someone taking over the mantle and continuing that legacy. There was just no... That was just the end of the character. An abrupt... He was pretty much a plot point. And MacGuffin. You mentioned, you mentioned earlier sort of Marvel trying to, be, trying to be clever by throwing us these curveballs just for the sake of it. Quicksilver is very much a curveball that they just wanted to. They, you know, the, the joke is Whedon was sort of 
fooling audience into thinking they were, he was gonna kill Hawkeye and no he's, he's yeah. like, what? it's not Hawkeye psych I fucking got you for me I, I guess for that effect it works but you know it kind of does nothing it just sort of yeah. prompts Wanda to kill Ultron and I guess you know they wanted to display what power Wanda has when she's unhinged which I mean obviously yeah. you know WandaVision we're gonna find out what it really is but you know the MCU would have been way more interesting with Quicksilver on it. The thing is, I like Hawkeye as a character, and I, I think it was a clever, like, the cliched, I'm two days to retirement, cli- just twisting that on its head. But, like, the problem, I think, with Quicksilver is also that we have two versions of the same character, ironically, both played by actors who both became better known through the same film. But, like, one is running around, pushing bullets to the side, and he, what does he do? He shoves a car in front of Hawkeye to protect him? Yeah. It's a, it's a very contrast this depiction of both characters. And, and the thing is, with super speed, it just kind of defeats the purpose a little. That he can be shot, even protecting someone, he could have shoved them out of the way. No, he literally pushed a car in front of them and could have just been on the other side. Okay, my turn. Um, really, really hard to choose. between. I, I have a top two candidates. But, you know, um, I'm going to say my honorable mention first. I just decided, like, literally five minutes ago. <laughs> my honorable mention okay. would be Go the ahead. death of the Warriors 3 and Thor. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, they are such an important member, like, important member of the Thor franchise. And then Hela killing me up swiftly is, like, disappointing for me, you know, after yeah. all that big roles in Thor 1 and Thor The Dark World and then during Thor Ragnarok. I know that it's a, it's a big, big movie. You know, Hulk is there. Valkyrie is there. But, you know, it's just so quick. You know, um, it's really hard to see. Okay. Uh, my top one. Uh, this is it's not just scene. It's a moment <laughs> in the MCU. Uh, okay. I, I'm okay. quite disappointed. This is that doesn't like between the romance between Steve Rogers and Sharon Carter. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh man, um, it wasn't addressed, you know, uh, and it's really weird thinking about it now because you know what happened in Endgame, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you're kissing your niece, bro. What, what's happening? Like, <laughs> can we can we please get that sequence? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, it's a brief kiss. I don't know. Uh, it's like, um, if you th- come to think about it in a different perspective, um, it's not, it's not a, it's not a, it's, cr- it's cringy. It's not a fam, it's not a family related kiss. No, it's not. It's a passionate one. So, um, I know that, I, I don't know if that storyline would have, uh, if they put you push through that storyline moving forward or they will address it in Falcon the Winter Soldier like you know Fal- uh, Sam and Bucky will just, will just like hey you kissed Steve but you know <laughs> I don't know if, <laughs> yeah. I don't know I don't know if Sharon is aware of you know I know there's still a debate if there's an alternate timeline of Steve and Peggy I don't know if it will affect the current MCU timeline like hey that's Steve Rogers in the in the picture frame with my Aunt Peggy it's Okay. <laughs> like I kissed that guy several years ago. So I don't know. Dude. I don't know if that that's that's a whole other discussion. But kiss seeing that romance uh 
quite a quite a bit like um, being disregarded. If I think, if I thought the Hulk boner was gross, I think I think a fucking just thinking about <laughs> trying to explain to Peggy in the past. Hey, I'm from the future. Uh, a couple of years, several years from now, you're gonna have a niece, and <laughs> you know I may have had relationships with that niece, physical. After civil war, we went into hiding and we ha- we hung out. It's, it's, it's disgusting. Yeah, and imagine yeah, living that? that living in that timeline where he sees when where he sees Pe- Sharon is born and then uh, oh. guiding her all throughout her life, knowing at the back of his mind, knowing at the back of his mind that I will kiss this girl in an alternate timeline in the future. Yeah, right. That's you know the worst thing is that Futurama literally did an episode where I think Fry is his own grandfather or something, and I just when I saw that yeah. I was like, "This seems familiar." Oh my yeah. God. No, if, if if Futurama, the old man in the in their group is Fry's, he's like Fry's great great grandson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! I never saw the sequence like that. So Those gross. are top three scenes. Just want to share, share, guys. Uh, we asked on Twitter, uh, for their bets on their worst MCU moments, MCU scenes. Just want to read a few of those responses here. Um, yeah, okay, here is uh from Paul Klein. It's at Paul Kleinio. The splitting the guardians up for so much the story of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. That's what he doesn't yes. like. Yes, that's why I don't like. <laughs> Yeah. Next one is Nick Barrios. He said that Iron Man 2 was whack. As much as I rewatch Infinity War, can say the same for Endgame. I love all the YouTubers, follow MC religiously, blah, blah, blah. I woke up, uh, Thor 1 was the one I walk out of theater and love the first Avenger. Interesting. Yeah, huh. he walked out of the theater during Thor 1. Uh, Alex Sotic. He, he agreed with me. Steve Rogers and Sharon Carter getting together briefly was ter- terrible. Uh, Mighty Mar, Mighty Mary 007 says 80% of Thor the Dark World. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Kaleen, Kaleen Patel, he says the five-year gap in Endgame. That left so many holes to feel storyline-wise. Interesting. Like, mm. I find that very interesting because... Like there's no hole. I mean, it's. I mean, obviously, there are a lot of questions, but you know, it's. It's not a plot hole per se because that five years isn't pertinent to how they defeat Thanos. Yeah. Yeah. Like nothing in those five years happens that helps them defeat Thanos. I mean, the only thing that helps them sort of defeat Thanos is Ant Man coming out of the quantum realm. That's the thing that's pertinent to them actually defeating Thanos. Now, if you think the rat saving the universe is a plot hole, then I guess it's fair to think of that. But, you know, that's what the fucking story called for. Actually, he's Ratman. He's a secret superhero. We'll find out in Ratman in 2024. Oh, man. They have a poster for that, right? (laughs) An ABC show by Jeff Loeb, Ratman. (laughs) Oh, my God. There you have it, guys. First MCU scene. So, if, for any of our listeners, if you want to add um, to our list of 
worst MTUCs, you can also you can do that on Twitter. That's twittercom exchange. You can also comment that on our latest post on Facebook. That's facebookcom exchange. Okay, once again, uh, please do listen to us over at Spotify, over at YouTube, over at Anchor, over at Breaker, over at Google Podcasts. It's the best time for you for you to listen to our podcast since yeah. everyone's at home. Everyone is trying to find ways on how to spend their time at home. So please do spend at least 30 minutes or 40 minutes listening to us over at the MC Exchange Podcast. And this has been me. My name is Aaron. You can also follow me on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash Aaron Chino. That's A-E-R-O-N-C-H-I-N-O. You can also follow Charles. You can find me on Twitter at CFS. You can also follow Joe. Uh, at that Albel, T-H-A-T-A-B-E-R-L. Uh, this has been episode 13 of the MC Exchange Podcast. Bye, guys. And always keep safe. Bye. Till next time.